The scripture reading will be taken from Amos 3, reading from verse 1 to 3. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought you up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? I thank God for family life. I've been in this church over 34 years now, and I am the only one of my family in this church. But I'm grateful that coming to this church, I've met brothers and sisters of the family of God. When I think about the family, I think about the whole family of the universe. I think about God the Father, so exalted. And I think about Jesus, so loving and kind. I think about the angelic host and the heavenly um, and the Holy Spirit. And I think to myself, what a wonderful family I've inherited. Sometimes we need to stop and think about the family or the brethren throughout the whole world. We have family friends in Europe, in Africa, in Asia. We are people of one body. We have one head, and that is Jesus Christ. So we have a royal family, and we are a part of this family. So I want to thank Paul Edwards as he takes up the challenge of the Family Life Department. And I want to thank all the musicians and the music that we had today. Pat and Tim, Sister Garrison, the praise team, and everything. It is wonderful to worship God. It is a blessing to your souls, even though you don't think about it. The, the, the world is learning that singing does something for humanity that they, it brings them life. Yes? So to worship God is a privilege and a blessing. Can I ask you to bow your heads as we pray, please? Heavenly Father, I pray that you will be with us now and that I will be to you a consecrated channel through whom you can work. And I pray that whatever is done will bring glory and honor to your name. Thank you because we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The topic today is the power of praying parents. The power of praying parents. I believe this, <clears throat> pardon me. I believe this, that prayer is an act of worship. It is a part of your Christian life. 
The God we serve, he knows exactly what you need. He knows before you can ask him. So we are not giving God information. But what we are doing, we are getting into a relationship with God. So prayer is an expression of your faith and your belief in God. So um, when it comes to prayer, we need to learn how we can approach God and God will listen to us. Prayer, it says, has a power. Not now will we know the full extent of prayer, but when we shall reach eternity, we shall see those whom we've prayed for, how God respond to our prayers, and we shall recognize and give glory to God Prayer is a privilege. I wonder sometimes why we don't pray as much. Because we should be delighted to hear God speaks to us. We should be um, joyful to go before our creator God. There is nothing he can't do. Psalms 33 verse 6 says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. That is to say, there is no limit to what God can do. If it is not working in our life, we need to examine ourselves, question our motives, and ask, why is not my prayer being answered? I believe that the answer to our prayers come in obedience. As we follow the instruction of God, God will fulfill his promise and we shall be totally blessed. In the Bible, in Judges chapter 13, you'll find there this example. Mr. and Mrs. Manoah had no children. An angel came to them, came to the wife first and said, you're going to have a child. But listen to what the angel says in Judges chapter 13. From verse 7. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. When we consider the role of a parent, the work that needs to be done, we should pause and ask God to show us how 
we should do this work. Because the man whom you have chosen to be the father of your children, this man, his genes will be passed on to the children. The woman needs to understand that before conception, there needs to be some preparation. You cannot wait until you come together and the child is conceived before you see God's blessing. God says that the diet of the woman is very important. <clears throat> you ask yourself this question. Why cannot I control my children? Why are children so unruly? Why are there so many killings and stabbings? The reason for this is because we have disregarded God. We have put away his instructions and we feel that we can do it without him. It will never happen. You cannot have two Christians come together and produce a saint. The person that is conceived is still a sinner and they need God's help that they might overcome. So it is important that from conception that we learn to train the children so that they can be children of God. We take things too lightly. Look at another example first found in 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, it says, Anna and Elkanah, the subjects in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Anna had no children, and she asked God, she prayed fervently to God for a child. But listen to what Anna says. And she vowed a vow, saying, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. We need to know that children are the heritage of the Lord. We need to understand that they are your responsibility to train them for God. When we have a child, it must be our determination to see that the children are um, being groomed and prepared for a work for God. The time came when Anna had to give up the child according to the pledge. She took him to Eli, 
Eli was the priest at that time. But Eli's family was a dysfunctional family. His sons were not well behaved and did not put God first in their lives. So Anna knew that um, Samuel, her son, would be going into such a family. But because of her pledge, she took the child there anyway. When the time came, Anna presented the child back to the Lord. But she never stopped praying for her son. So although he was in a house which um, did not live up to the, 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 the promises and the pledge of God, her prayer kept her son in the way of God. And Samuel grew and became one of the greatest ever prophets of God. I'm saying to you that the power of praying parents, as it has a wonderful effect in today's society. It is important that men and women learn to pray over your children. Because when they go out of your sight, Satan is there ready to devour your children. But your prayer can keep them in the way of the Lord and be a protection for them. It is important to understand that although we may not be fathers or mothers, but as a church family, we need to care one for another. God organized the church so that we can minister and learn to be unselfish. If we come together and we see children, vulnerable children, there we can be a part of their life. Look what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is Paul speaking about Timothy. Listen to what Paul says. In verse, from verse 3, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and from verse 3. He says, I thank God whom I serve from my fathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembered of thee in my prayers night and day. He says, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which, thou, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power 
and of love and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Paul adapted Timothy as his own son. It is to remind us that in the church, every child can be your son or your daughter. They don't have to be your birth children, but as a responsible Christian, we can be an example to the young. We can mentor those that are going astray by our example. If we are to teach the young, if we are to teach children, it must be by precept and by example. It is important that the men of the church stand up and be counted. We have a, a mission as fathers and in this church. And I'm saying that the men's ministry should step up and should be um, fathers in the church to protect and to look after, after the young children. Every child in here should be our concern. It is our duty to train them up for the Lord so that they can take their position in life. As a father or a mother, it may be that your son and your daughter might be your manager or your doctor or your lawyer. We do not know how things will turn out, but the Lord says that we must train them up in the way that they should go. It is important that as mothers and fathers, we are diligent about our children. The first thing that we need to learn is self-control. Because the Bible says that we must, um, it says that foolishness will abound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. We need to learn how to um, administer the punishment that God says he should. The politicians and secular people are saying that we are not permitted to beat the children. But I believe that the gluteus maximus, this part of the human body, is there for a purpose. And we must it says we must be able to correct our child in a godly manner. So for this, we must have self-control. Never in anger should a child be corrected. So for a, a, a Christian parent, self-control is paramount. And I would say this as a church that Every man should be in the men's ministry department. In nature, when you study nature, a 
and you study the lion and the lioness. There is something about the voice of the lion. When he roars, everything seems to take notice. It is the same with a child. The mother will speak, but when father speaks, they seem to stand up and take notice. So I'm saying to men, stand up and be men in the church. It is important that with prayer and with right attitude, we can be of service to the Lord. I believe that in the family, we will not always have it easy. I say this because I know that there are good Christian families, fathers and mothers, yet their children are not in church. It is now not any fault of the parents, but I would encourage parents to continue to pray for your children. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, it says that Jesus himself speaking says, think not that I have come to send peace on earth. I have not come to send peace but a sword. For a, a mother, a mother-in-law will be against the daughter-in-law. A father will be against the son. Two cannot walk together unless they agree. When you read the story of Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel because Abel would not join in rebellion against God. He stood firm for what he knew and for what he believed. And in the family, it may be that the mother is right and the father is wrong. It may be that the children are right and the parents are wrong. But whatever it is, we have to stand on the side of God every time. So I'm saying to each one of us that we must learn to be overcomers in the power of God. Let's look at um, Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to read from verse 5. No, we'll read, we'll read from verse 4. This is what it says. It says, Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seeds from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. For everyone that is called by my name for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. 
It is saying that we must continue in prayer for the children that are outside the church. The time is going to come when God will bring them. As much as we love our children, God loves them even more. He says he has graven them on the palm of his hands. If you want to um, look at God's love, look at Calvary. In the hand of Jesus, you will find the scars of the nail. That's how much God loves humanity and loves our children. The cross of Calvary is a demonstration of the love of God for humanity. He understands our struggles. He understands that we are born in sin and shapen in iniquity. But through Jesus, we have power and we have grace to overcome. Jesus says in John chapter, in John chapter 14, let's look at John chapter 14. He says this, listen to what he says from verse 13. He says, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And verse 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. In our relationship with God, it is important that the love of Jesus is enthroned in the heart. Jesus must be a part of the life of every Christian. When Jesus, when God and humanity is linked together, whatsoever you ask in Jesus' name, he will do it. We are missing much because in our Christian experience, we are not testifying that we belong to Jesus and that Jesus is the theme of our hearts. So when we ask, we ask amiss. Parents, mothers, and fathers, if Jesus is supreme in your life, whatsoever you ask, he will do it. He will not go back upon his promise because God is not a liar. Two cannot walk together unless they are serving or unless they have the same master. If you have divided masters, you will have divided loyalties. It is important that in the home there is unity. There should not be mother against father and father against mother. When it comes to God's business, we must unite and walk together. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19, listen to what Jesus says here.
He says, again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. The church needs to unite so that we can have the effectiveness that God wants us to have. The church should be a community where the light of Jesus is seen in the face of every worshiper. But because there is disunity, there is distraction, and the power of the Holy Spirit is not poured out in this place. When you look in Acts chapter 2 and you read about the unity of the brethren, you can see that they had all things common. There was none that was lacking. Whatsoever they owned, they believed it was for the community of the brethren. But we are selfish by nature and we are selfish in heart. And because of that, we are self-serving. And it gets in the way of Christian value and Christian principles. So if we are going to unite, if our children are going to get a good example, if we are going to see them come like the prodigal son, we must be in prayer, earnest prayer, but we must also ensure that our lives are in harmony with God and with the principles of his commandments. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the principles are as high as heavens. And we are to attain unto godliness. It comes by submitting ourselves to God, resisting the devil, because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers of the rulers of darkness. It is for us to understand that in this battle, we are going to overcome. We will see this church marching to Zion. King Jesus is our, at the head of this church, and we are all here voluntarily. The service we give, we give it lovingly and voluntarily. And as we submit ourselves to God, we will be channels through whom God can work. So I say to you today, parents, continue to pray, ensuring that your lives are in harmony with God, and God will bring your children back to you. And those of us who have, are those who have no children, we can still understand because your prayers are also important. We are going to go to heaven at last. And Jesus is going to ask us, where is the little flock that I gave you? We have a wonderful department in this church. Bricks Kids, and they are doing a wonderful job training our children. But we cannot 
leave it to the church alone. It's got to be parents, the church, and teachers, and we shall see great results through the power of God. Continue to pray, pray without ceasing, and God will bring everything to pass. God bless you and thank you. Can I ask you to bow your heads while we pray, please? Loving Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to be with every family represented here. May you help that the family praying together with their children that they will make it at last to the kingdom of heaven. I pray that you will grant us the Holy Spirit that we the church will be a wonderful family in this community. I pray that you will lead out in every way and that the church will be a blessing and that everyone will feel a part of this community. So bless us and keep us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.